Welcome to the Welsh Music Prize Conversations, where each nominated band or artist from the 2020 shortlist will delve into a chat about their body of work. You can hear all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Croeso mawr i sgyrsia gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig, ble bydd pob un band ac artist sydd ar y rhestr fer 2020 yn cael sgwrs am ei gwaith. Mae modd gwrando'r bob un o'r sgyrsiau yma trwy am, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. So sit back and enjoy this chat between Gareth Benello and Cotton Wolf about their nominated album, Ofni. Gobeithio nhw chi fy'n hair sgwrs yma rhwng Gareth Benello a Cotton Wolf am ei album, Ofni. I think I've had a good listen recently because I caught up with Ovni um, again recently, having listened to it uh, last year when it first came out. Um, and I think the thing that strikes me about it is that it's got this, um, it's got this playfulness about it, but it's also got this real ethereal quality. Um, I kind of feel like I'm constantly moving back and forth between the dance floor in a really cool club that I would never be able to get into somewhere like in Berlin or something and some kind of other fantasy land like a a, a forest or a, a, a rural scene almost and I think it's the testaments to the way that Leon and Seb can sort of write these sort of soundscapes that transport you to these places um, really quite viscerally sometimes and I think uh, to me, that's that's what's really special about the record, is it kind of bounces you back and forth between a club and somewhere completely different. And it can be quite disorientating, I think, but I think if you like that kind of feeling, it's a really special record. I think. So you've got a lot of questions, have you got? I wrote a, bit, a bunch of questions. I had a good listen to the album um, the other night. Um, as I said, I sort of I put it on a few times. I tend to put it on in the kitchen when I'm cooking, um, mm-hmm. but I hadn't listened to it for a while. Um, so I thought I'd have a good listen to it last night. And then this morning as well, I got up, I couldn't um, sleep this morning because I had a, a bit of a bit of a shoulder cramp. So I went for a walk okay. at about eight in the morning and uh, ended up listening to the album Walking Along the River, which was actually quite oh, nice. very nice. Um, okay. So it's a good, good cooking music. That's basically how we describe the album, right? <laughs> cooking and uh, soothing of, you know, cramp music. Um, no, um, so I got a, I got a bunch of questions, but like I thought I'd start off with saying, you know, this is your second album, you know. So you've done a full-length album before, which is Life in Analog, uh, which came out in 2017 and was nominated for the Welsh Music Prize. Um, so after having that experience and having done that, what made you want to do another album? Because I think, especially in electronica, it's not always the done thing, is it, to make a kind of a sort of a, an album like that. Um, so what made you think, right, it's time now, let's do, let's do a second album? And what kind of ideas were you sort of uh, uh, inspired by to get going again? Yeah, no, it, it's a fair point, because I think we, we must have spent, what, three years, Seb, trying to get the first, cobbling the first one together. Yeah, I um, so. You know, I think you've got so many ideas for your first album, and you just put them all together and you kind of create this, this album of about 10 songs. But it just felt like there was just loads more to come. And, you know, you're sort of learning as you're going. And I think with electronic music, you're you're trying... There's so much of it around. I think you're trying to bring something a bit different to the table um, and make it honest and make it it genuine and and real. 
but it just felt like there was just a lot more to more to come and we'd learned a lot I think from the from the first one Seb I don't know I don't know about you but I, I learned a heap from trying to write the first one yeah I think um, we put a lot of kind of probably too much in the first one if anything and we were trying to kind of strip it back and make a sound that was a bit bolder with less sounds but if you've got less sounds individually they can sound a lot bigger that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's a, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, there's, there were definitely too many ideas in the first one. I think mm. <laughs> listening back to it, you know, I think reflecting. Um, I think yeah, we've definitely tried to be a bit bolder. Mm. I think with this one, um, strip it back. But those ideas have got to be really strong. Mm. Um, you know, that 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 was the, I think the biggest challenge with this one, making the ideas that you've got, make them really strong, really bold. But that 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 takes time to together quality i think yeah. yeah i've often thought that you know like it's quite common isn't it with a debut album for a lot of ideas to be thrown in together because often as an artist or, or as artists you're still finding the kind of the sound that you want you're still yeah, kind sure. of trying out lots of different things and sometimes the first albums can then be quite a little bit of a hodgepodge or lots of things thrown at the wall and seeing what sticks and it's always interesting then that, that's kind of why i asked you the question to see after you've had a bit of time away from it and you go about, about starting a new project where you start thinking, oh, you know, what was it? What is it I, I am actually trying to say or what is it I'm actually trying to do? Um, which yeah, does, totally. does feel like this with this album. It does feel a lot more kind of streamlined and coherent as a, as a concept, as an idea uh, than, than the first one, I think, for me. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I think there are, there are sections in the first album and you listen to it and it's like, okay, that, that kind of feels like that idea could be moved forward and taken to somewhere else. Um, you know, I think that that's kind of how it worked for me. Um, I just built on that with the, with the second one. Now, I was just going to say the first one was quite a kind of collision of different styles because I come from a very classical background. Um, and so we tried to put in things like strings and piano and stuff like that. To so that it was a kind of melding of electronic and kind of uh, classical acoustic, if anything. Mm. And do you, to, um, do you think that um, has that stayed the same? That kind of your your kind of classical background and and, and is that kind of melded into a different shape when you're doing the second album? Seeing as there's much less of that kind of thing on it, it's. Um, in terms of your um, sort of, you don't hear that many strings, if any. I mean, I, I, there was a few things that I thought sounded like violins, but I wasn't sure. Um, but um, did you, you know, what what was your sort of role then? I suppose where did you where did you take your uh, classical background in the second album? Um, I think well, I mean, we both Leon and I are very melodic and harmonic, so we still wanted to keep that in the album. Um, but we just stripped it back so that the ideals were more minimal, um, but still had a bit of heart to them, rather than just being cold and just purely electronic in that sense. That's good, because I, I was going to ask, the next question I have is about, sort of, it's about the titles and the concepts, because, so the title of the album is Of Me, which is Welsh for fear, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and all of the titles are, apart from the last track, are one-word titles, and they're very evocative. Um, and there is, a, you know, there's, there's kind of a theme running through, from to my eyes anyway. 
Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. You know, um, it, fe it felt like you were kind of focusing your music on a particular ideas for each track. And I wanted to sort of ask you, you know, why did you come up with, the, first of all, the, the name of the album? And then how you went about sort of picking titles for instrumental electronic tracks like that? I think it's it's all to do the the titles definitely came second. Um, I think that the words have to fit the music, and that sounds quite an easy thing to do, but it, it isn't. You know, I think words have have a, have a sound and a feeling, and that feeling has to fit the music. Um, so there's always a big kind of challenge at the end to try and fit the right words with the right tracks, um, just to just to get the match. You know. And I think that there was definitely a, a, a darkness and a, and a heaviness as we were as we were writing the music, and there was you know the the, the political landscape. I think in 2017, 18 was a pretty it was a it was a dark place. I think, and that that filtered into the music. I think, um, so yeah, and I think just the, the a sense of fear that kind of seeps in to mm. the. Uh, to the unconscious that kind of came out, I think, and Ovni just seemed to suit. It had a heaviness to the whole feel of the album, and it just seemed to work. Yeah, I think it definitely does. I think I read a review um, by Simon Tucker uh, for Louder Than More. He reviewed the album, and I think he picked up on this that the the album does have this kind of undercurrent of kind of darkness, and uh, you know, you can definitely sense the fear in it. But there's always this kind of overriding positive sort of little lilt to it or yeah. hope coming out of it. Um, mm. Do you think that kind of reflects the way that you write and also maybe the way that your outlook, even though, you know, the album was titled Ovni, um, yeah. maybe you're not, was it quite that you were um, fully embracing that fear or whether actually you're, you're also a bit hopeful? Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm an optimist. You know, by by nature, and I always always try and look look for the for the positive and stuff. And I always felt like this is it's just going to be a phase, and we're going to move move forward, and things are going to get better. And mm. you know, hopefully that that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't want to write a gloomy album. No, absolutely not. No, but also I think going back to what you said, Sam, about the the melodic thing and the the, the classical thing. Mm. You know, we both like um, like Seb's you know, obviously knows pretty much everything about, about the classical side of stuff, but we both really love like Ravel and, um, and Debussy and really sort of quite simple playing piano pieces, but they're super evocative and they're just beautiful. And I think there's a little bit of that in Ovni, you know, the, just just the chords and the musical side of it. I think there's a, there's a positivity with that as well. Certainly, I... Yeah, the, we, the beauty, I definitely agree. That's what always seems to take it away from the darkness, is that there's beauty as well in, in, in the melody lines. Yeah, it's, it's get, getting that balance is, is key, I think, because um, we don't want to make it too heavy, you know, too kind of... Um, you know, we also listen to a lot of, like, sort of straight club techno, and neither of us wanted to go down that road. Yeah. Um, so I think that the classical side just gives it a little bit more of a lightness, I think. Um, and a bit more positive, and you can definitely hear that. I think. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the tr at the tracks as well. Like, I mean, again, because the titles are so evocative. Like the the album op I, I was thinking about the album opener, 
which I think is always a question that you think of when you're making a new album. What is that first track going to sound like, that introduction to that new record? Um, did you put a lot, because obviously the title is Chrysalis, which I love because it's like obviously something that's in stasis, about to transform in, from one form into another. Um, yeah, exactly. So you're kind of almost building this kind of little bridge between the first record and the second record in that first track. But the first track is really um, positive to me. It's really upbeat. It's really got this lovely kind of ethereal um, ascending uh, sort of a series of notes. Um, what to you is like that? What were you trying to achieve with that first with that first start of the album, that first track? I don't know. I think we we're trying to um, well just hit people with something um, that would make them want to listen even further into the album, you know, for a, just for a starter. Um, and like like Leona was saying, trying to get a title that really matched. Yeah, I think um, I think when you write music, you don't necessarily start out saying, "Okay, well, here this is going to be the title track. This is how it's going to start." You know, because music doesn't really work like that. I don't think. Um, I think you always just end up with something that seems to encapsulate what you're trying to do uh, in terms of the feel of the album, and that's that seemed to work. I think, Sub. Um, yeah, it was there was plenty of energy and it was and it was heavy, but there was some yeah. melody in there. Um, and it felt different from the first, but you know this is kind of the, the direction we're going in, and it seems to sort of tick all the boxes really. Again, Chrysalis, like you said, guy with you know the biological side of it and development and moving on, and and it just seemed to fit. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's a very striking start to the album. I think yeah. it's the kind of thing that makes you perk your ears up straight away as soon as it starts up, and I think that's kind of what you want really, doesn't it? You know, you want it so that it, if it comes on the radio, somebody's going to go, yeah. oh, what's that? You know. Uh, yeah, but that, that's what I was saying before. There's, mm. there's like two or three things in that track. There's like there's, there's the arp, the the, the the intro arp thing that starts, drums and a bit of bass, and uh, that's kind of it really. There's not a whole lot going on, but those three elements they're they're, they're strong, so they, you know, it really it really works. I think. So you've already touched a little bit on your kind of um, your working process. You know the sort of the division between the sort of the classical side and, and 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 the production side. But I wonder, you know, like how does it actually work with the two of you? You know, working because obviously we've worked together um, in the past, um, but in a very different setting with acoustic instruments and arrangements yeah. written by Seb, yeah. performing by performed by a quartet, and then us recording them. Yeah. How does it work with the two of you? What's your kind of working process? Um, and how have your roles sort of shifted and changed uh, over the years? Um, I think we both influenced each other. Um, Cleon's definitely, uh, he's picked up on a lot of my kind of stylistic things. And I think I've become more focused on production from Cleon because uh, Cleon has an amazing knowledge, as you know, of the whole setup of how to make a really Good yeah, I think, I think we've, we've met in the middle. I think so. it's probably quite a good mm. little way of of describing it. I've mm. I've learned a whole world of stuff from Seb, um, mm. just melodically, you know, harmony, uh, that 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 side of things. I've I've learned so much stuff, um, and I think we've 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 met in the mm. middle. I think, and yeah, a little bit of production stuff's rubbed off on Seb, um, yeah, and then you kind of. You know, if it was just Seb on his own or if it was just me on my own, we'd make music that was probably pretty different, I think, from what it actually sounds like. Um, 
And I think that you know that that's that's the good thing. I think when you when you collaborate with people, you, you sort of meet in the middle and create something that's a little bit different. I think. Yeah, we've always said I think that we'd never create what we do uh, without working together. It's almost like neither of us. Mm. I think yeah, end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down to just a lot of hard work and throwing a lot of stuff away. That's another big thing i think that we do a lot of mm. you know so mm. you'll write 20 ideas you might throw 17 of them away you know because then they're just not good enough they don't quite meet the grade um and those three yeah. that you've got left you could probably work on it's like yeah there's definitely something there and you work on those three and they'll probably make the album be a yeah, heck of a lot of thrown away um, that sounds quite yeah. familiar it, yeah, I know you do this. You do the same, God, don't you? With, with course, yours, but also in terms of you two, hmm. uh, I would say I would describe you both as perfectionists to some extent, um, th- uh, which I think probably means that you spend a lot as of time. You, as are you, by the way. I, 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 can I throw that in there? I think you are. Yeah, I suppose I am as well. I think, but I think that with the two of you working together, I can imagine that there's a lot of stuff that people would, or m- most people, wouldn't throw away. Um, but, but you've got to have everything absolutely spot on to make that make the cut, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, go on, sir. And we both, um, I think we get on well because we are both that um, ably retentive when it comes to actually uh, going. That's good enough, and good enough isn't good enough. Mm. If that makes well, that sense. And that is bloody annoying, and that is hard work. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. Because you want it to be good enough, isn't it? But sometimes, it's like mm. you sort of know deep down, you know, it's not good enough, and you're gonna have to do do something else, and that's uh, yeah, that's quite frustrating. But it also means we don't frustrate each other because we both want the best for what we produce. I think as well, you're both hardworking as well. Like I don't think you're you're not you're not the type of people who will sort of just give up on something if you think oh this idea is not going to work. You, you, I think there is. There is a hard-working element that to get that perfection that you strive for, you're willing to actually put in all the effort that it takes to get that far. Because there's no point being a lazy perfectionist, yeah. is it? No, exactly. You don't get anywhere. Um, I think all, all you've got to go on is your own is your own standards, mm. I think, and your and your own instincts when you when you write music. You know, same same for you guys. It, all you've got to go on is, do I think this is good? Do I think this is good enough? Um, and yeah. you just got to trust yourself, I think. Um, yeah, when, we, when I'm writing stuff for you, Gareth, um, I always have a massive amount of self-criticism thinking, is this going to be good enough to match your music? Because I find recording days hugely stressful. Well, it, it always is, Seb. <laughs> it always is. Um, I was going to... So I was going to ask, because you're such experienced you know both as you know musicians and in terms of um, different types of aspects of the music industry right industry like writing arrangements composing recording production all of these things do you have a lot of influences for this like for the type of thing that you do for cotton wolf or is it just sort of drawn from pretty much everything that you've been up to for the past 15 years or so i think it's probably drawn on everything you've ever listened to and every everybody you've ever met to be honest i think um i think music's got a a weird way of seeping out you know something that you've listened to when you were probably about 
15 will come out in some weird way, you know, when, you, when you're putting something together and you haven't even thought about it for, for the last 15 years, and it will come out in some weird way in a, in a synth line. You know, I think your whole life is just one big influence, um, and it just sort of comes out in your music, I think. Yeah, and my natural style, I think, of writing is uh, a combination of melancholy and quirkiness, and so I think some of that comes into the music as well. Absolutely. I think there's, um, there is definitely, I mean, and I think I feel like I can sense aspects of both of your personalities in the music. And sometimes, um, on the album, for example, you mentioned playfulness, Sab. There is definitely a playfulness in there, like a humour, um, especially on tracks like uh, Locus, which um, to me is um, has the most bonkers rhythm um, and is really sort of hard to pin down. Like I was trying to think to myself, if I was in a in this cool club in Berlin, how would I dance to this one? Um, and the answer is probably I wouldn't. <laughs> You'd be sitting down, I think, at that point. I would have been sitting down. You would not be dancing yeah. to that. Um, and there's also the uh, auto. You've got the track with the sort of the, the cars and the honking, and there's a few sections of that where I kind of feel like it sounds like you two having a bit of a fu- bit of fun playing around with the uh, sound effects on the. Uh, yeah, that that. The auto is a weird one. I, I was I was in my little cousin's house who at, at the time he he must have been oh, what three, so I, I just recorded him on my iPhone. Um, he's just playing with some toys and um, just talking, and yeah, I came home, sort of chopped it up. Not him, just the recording. Um, put it through a chaos pad and just kind of chopped it all up, and it came out like that. But you you can't plan anything like that. You know that just comes out and it's like. One in a one in a hundred, it'll work. You know, ninety nine times it'll just sound awful. But like, yeah, that seemed to have something in itself, just a weird little yeah. sort of magic to it that just that worked. I think because I mean the chords in that in auto are quite kind of uh, quite straight, but then we've got this quirkiness as well with the kind of sound recording that Cleon did, um, and it just seemed to they seem to work well together. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, not planned. No, but I think I think the whole planning thing. I think that's that's sort of the nail on the head of thing. When when you're trying to create an idea or write something, you you don't really plan any of it. It just comes out, doesn't it? And like you you know if it's a winning idea, it just kind of it almost writes itself, you know. And they're they're the really exciting moments, I think, when that when that happens. But you can't really. It's just hours and hours on synths basically, and pianos just trying to write really good things and it just it's just a lot of effort but um yeah when those, when those bits come out criticism. it's super rewarding yeah mm. yeah 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 um i've got to ask about um the title track of me because this is a, one that obviously stands out on the album as one that has um uh, holly singer from adwife singing vocals on it um mm. and it's the only uh non-instrumental track on the album i i, I would say um, so, what was the process of writing that? Because when I hear those chords at the start of that track, it's instantly recognisable. Um, I know what's going to happen, and it's such a catchy melody. So, I just wanted wanted to know, like, how how you went about collaborating with uh, with Holly, um, and and how the track came about. Um, I, obviously, basically, it obviously wrote itself in about. 
15 minutes, the whole thing. I that's right. I said, I think the whole yeah. track came together like crazy Very quick. quickly, like 15 20 minutes. It was you know, not the detail, obviously, but like the drums, the synths, um, the, the whole sort of basis for it 15 20 minutes. It was just like one of those, it all seems just wow, yeah, it just seemed to write itself, yeah. It was just a bit, just a bit of magic on on that day, I think. And like mm. some some tracks are going to be good for vocals, you know. Some tracks just work, and some some tracks don't. But this was definitely one where you could hear a vocal on it. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I love Holly's voice. There's so much depth to it. Um, and I I just thought of her straight away. I thought she would be perfect for this. Mm. Um, so I sent over the rough demo, um, and she she loved what she heard, and then she wrote. A couple of things and we sort of tweaked a few of the melodies um and she came over to the studio here recorded it and yeah you just knew it was just like great it's just a good bit of music that just worked straight away yeah so so holly holly contributed um the words or yeah, yeah and, the melody. And, and the melody um yeah. like we tweaked some of it um after she recorded we tweaked some of it just to make it a little bit sweeter um, mm. And then we chopped up some other bits just to make it fit the music a little bit, uh, mm. a bit better. But yeah, it was it was a, a, just a lovely process, and mm. it all came together really quickly. And it's, that's always yeah. a good sign, I think. Yeah, and as, I mean, as, as an aside, as a non-Welsh speaker, the actual sound of uh, the Welsh vocal is it was beautiful. It just fitted perfect perfectly with the the music. Definitely does. It, it it works so well. I think that track. Um, it, like I say, it is really striking. And Holly's vocals, like you said, I don't think you could have picked some anyone better to sing no, that. No, she is on, on she's perfect for it. I, I, I yeah, I would love to do some more stuff with her. But you just need the right track. You can't yeah. just sort of put put anybody on on any old track. You, you need the sort of right track, the right vocalist. Uh, that that marriage has really got to work. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are other voices on the record aren't there there's human voices sort of scattered around saying phrases or um uh doing little yelps or whoops or uh sounds here and there uh, who who are they and what was the thinking behind adding th these kind of uh, voices into the record well i think we're trying to get some more humanness into the album you know as part of the keeping things not dry electronic we wanted to have that human element in there. Um, but we used a number of sources. I mean, Cleon, you, you did most of the recordings for those. Yeah, it's just, I think it's basically just my family members, basically. Just, um, just yeah, just iPhone recordings. Like, my, my daughter's on there. I think my mum's on there. Uh, my wife's, like, you know, cheap, cheap. Yeah, she's on the charts, Like, isn't she? super cheap recordings, because they'll do it for free. Um yeah, and it just it just works, and you know the way we chopped it up. Uh, but I'm, I'm yeah, I'm a bit sort of obsessive with field recording. So where, wherever I am, I always record stuff, um, and it, you know it doesn't always work. Sometimes it sounds good, sometimes it, it really doesn't. But yeah, when it works, there's little voices. I think Ovni, and my daughter Mia is in Ovni. The little that's her. Um, yeah. But again, it was perfect for the track. You know, it just it just totally fit. And um, yeah, it took the took the track. It just gave it a weirdness um, mm. that I think really suits it. Took it somewhere else. 
Yeah. And I think we'd used some of those kind of voices in previous recordings as well, so it fitted with our style as well. Yeah. I think as well, like like Seb mentioned, I think it does definitely give the album a more organic feel, a more natural, you know, there is a human element kind of scattered throughout, so it doesn't feel like a kind of, like a dry electronic record, you know, it's yeah. not just all that, you know, that's beats the and cats. Thing. I think we're doing, we're doing this stuff. Just, yeah. tr- just the human thing, you know, trying to get human sort of feelings and like we try and do it with the music, you know, I think melodic, melodically and, and I think the chords can add some humanness to it. But yeah, if you can actually get some voices, um, it definitely adds in a sub. Yeah, definitely. It takes it somewhere else. It gives you that, yeah, human connection. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, there is, as I mentioned at the start, a very kind of visual element to a lot of the tracks. I think because the titles are so evocative and because the music itself is so evocative, you can't help but kind of listen to the music and picture yourself in some kind of landscape or sometimes in um, a certain uh, film, in a, in, a, in a movie, you know? So, I mean, I, I got a few notes on some of the films that I felt, well, not the actual films, but there's definitely sort of, for me, I could hear sort of, 80s sci-fi shows um, and also 90s action thrillers sometimes (laughs) I was wondering what kind of films 90s that what Die Die Hard Die Hard uh, Lethal Weapon is that what we're saying here Bruce Willis yeah yeah I think just on tracks like what was it Moth Moth has got this kind of like almost like helicopter style flutter of uh, I think but oh, okay, I'm getting see. sidetracked here. I'm getting sidetracked here. But yeah, what yeah, kind yeah. of what kind of um, uh, films influenced uh, the music, if any at all, or am I just imagining it all myself? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, um, again, I think it was like what you were saying, Fiona. I think the influences are more unconscious than kind of consciously written. Yeah, I think. Um... Like one, I suppose one one film that comes to, uh, under the skin, you know, Jonathan Glazer, um, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, amazing film. Uh, the soundtrack is is incredible, and I think what what we really love is the when music works with film, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and I think everything we write, I think when when it works and when we know we've got a, a keeper you instantly imagine all sorts of landscapes and like you say, landscapes and quite cinematic stuff. I think that's how we know that it's a keeper when you start visualizing this stuff and it takes you away into this kind of odd different little world. That that's when, you know, you've, you've, you've got a winner, I think. Yeah. If it's immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and it is. I mean, the album itself, the whole thing is immersive, I'd say. I mean, you do kind of get sucked into it. Um, but it's it's not one thing. It, it's it's very varied. And like I say, you kind of travel between different landscapes and different sort of uh, scenes. Um, yeah. So that's something you're specifically aiming for in the way that you're writing and putting the whole thing together. Is it? Yeah, I think in, in a way, like, you know, it's, it's, not, an, it's not really an aim. It's just... Um, when it happens, you know you've, you've you're there. Like you're not quite sure what you're looking for, but then when it happens, it's right. Yes, that's it. You know. Yeah, um, yeah it's a felt thing. 
yeah. I, yeah, it's quite an abstract thing to try to describe, but yeah, it's just a feel, isn't it? It's just you just yeah. need to create a feeling. So when you listen to the music, you yeah, you're just submerged in in this a feeling that takes you somewhere. And I think that's that's when you know you you're there. I think it's just because it sort of touches on what you were talking about earlier on about influences from everywhere and I you know just because of the fact that you're uh, working on electronic albums doesn't mean that you don't and you can't work with uh, acoustic instruments and acoustic arrangements it's you know yeah. the, the building blocks are all the same and the theory is all the same isn't it it's just a different uh, feel that you're going for and I think yeah, because exactly. You're both so empathetic to the way that a song feels. You're never going to kind of hear something that I do, which tends to be, you know, probably the opposite to electronic in a way. Acoustic instruments often out of time and, you know, performed <laughs> live and out of tune and all this kind of stuff, you know. But you know Natural. that that's not the problem. That's what that's what. Human. It's the human natural element. Yeah. So you're not going to sort of tell me, oh, Gareth, you've got to, you've got to brush up on that. I want you to bang on the click every <laughs> yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. You know. Down but you know what, on that note, please. That's um, it's always, it's always pretty refreshing though. If you if you if you spend two years on on an electronic album and messing with synths and Pro Tools, that's always gridded. It's a really lovely thing to do something just the other the other end of the scale. So you work work with real musicians and real instruments, you know, in a real nice space. That that it's always mega refreshing, and it's like a bit of a reset button. Uh, mm. It is for me anyway. Yeah, my my, my favourite days are always they only come round every few years, but it, my favourite day uh, is always when we get the strings in um, mm. and Seb in. After usually we've been recording, me and Leon have been recording for God knows how long. Um, and we've got the guitars and the vocals or whatever done and then the strings come in and I can just sit back and listen to Seb's work being played live by the beautiful string quartet. Yeah. Leon is also less stressed because he just has to sit there and press record after he set the microphone. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And to me that's always like the perfect, that's, that's to me the moment when all of our work together kind of comes together yeah. is that kind of day in the studio and sometimes it's been in the Reardon Smith Theatre in um, in the National Museum, uh, for ruins it was in uh, Dylan Fowler's studio in Abergavenny. Um, but I think that's just the perfect. That's why we work together, isn't it? It's for that day when we get to yeah. bring in the strings, bring all the instruments together, and that again, that mash. The three of us would never be able to do it as individuals. No, um, exactly. Well, of course, the amazing Mavrons as well. Yeah. Who they don't just play the notes; they I stick the music in front of them and they bring a performance that I never even wrote. Yeah. So, um, I also wanted to just ask you about um, the uh, the label, um, Bubble Wrap uh, Records. Uh, so this is like the second release with Bubble Wrap, isn't it? So you released um, a collection of EPs uh, prior to the first album. Is that right? I guess yeah, so that was um, were they all through Strange Town, sir? I think they. Yes, I think they were, weren't they? Yeah, uh, all three. Yeah, so that's uh, so Kian, Kian Kiaran, uh, through his label. So he listened to, um, yeah, some of our 
early early work, and he uh, he really liked it and offered to release them on Strange Town, mm-hmm. um, Strange Town Records, and that was that was super helpful because that was like a little sort of kickstart for us. So we were so grateful to Kian for giving us that chance. Uh, mm. Then yeah, then we wrote the album and we spoke to Rich, Rich Chitty, who who I think is just the absolute king, and I think he's so hardworking and he's just a He's just brilliant, and I'm sure you will agree, Carlos, on that one. Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, he just gave us the chance to to release on on Bubble Up. So then, you know, he's got a bit of a bigger reach, I think, and he just does things really well, and he makes things look really good. Um, yeah, so we were just so chuffed to be able to do that with him. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the thing with Rich as well, as as sort of really really caring about the music and the artists that make it. He's really also extremely concerned with how it looks. Uh, the, yeah. the visual aspect of the art of the record itself, yeah. uh, the, the vinyl pressings and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell me what he did for uh, for Ovni uh, in terms of the artwork? Um, the the, um, the record was released on CD and vinyl. Am I right? Uh, no, it's just vinyl. Yeah, it's just vinyl and digital. Vinyl and digital. Ooh. I think there's a few shady CD promos on uh, on eBay. Which, Those pirates. Uh, somebody, some somebody contacted me for that actually. So uh, I just bought one of your CDs on, on eBay, like one of your CD promos. I'm like what? <laughs> Don't tell me that. So oh yeah, so so we worked with uh, Louise Mason, who used to be in Veg Club. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember? You remember Louise? Yeah, I remember Louise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she uh, she put together some really some really brilliant ideas, and again, super simple but super bold which really matched the music, I think. Um, and then Rich worked on the, the back um, of the album. So he, he did his thing on the back, which is just super kind of, um, I just love the abstract kind of graphic style that he does really well. Um, and how he incorporates the fonts in, in just such a cool way. So he, I think he's really good at that. Um, yeah, so between both of them, yeah, I think, I think they nailed it. Yeah, it does look very great. It does look very striking, and you've got coloured vinyl as well, I'd imagine. Is it? Um, yeah. Is, yeah it's it, a, is it red? Red vinyl. Red vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, red on both sides. I think. Yeah, but I think the, the the bold thing. We just wanted it not too not too complicated. You know, just sort of like the music, striking, and I think I think it's I think it does that. Yeah, we've definitely been to a few um, bubble wrap Christmas parties together over the years. <laughs> Um, how um, important do you think that kind of having that kind of um, connection to a local scene, having like that kind of collective, is uh, in today's sort of day and age of the modern music industry? I quite like it. I think it's a nice, um, yeah, it's just a nice community feel. Um, I like to feel a part of that. You know, part of bubble wrap. You know, it's got you know all the artists are really nice people. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be a part of that thing. It, it feels like it, it feels like a like a home. If uh, you know, mm. without trying to sound too sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, it just feels like um, yeah, just like a nice, like Seb said, a, a community where people really care about what you do and and they really value you know music and they they really care about music and and the the, the Welsh scene. It's all. Uh, it's just yeah, it's really lovely to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I t- totally agree with both of us. And Rich, Rich really cares. I think that's you know, 
when we had meetings with him in the start about releasing it, you could you could tell like he he's just so passionate about music. So then to be involved with that, you know, it's it's a lovely thing. Definitely. I think I think that's I mean I totally totally concur with both, all of those points, you know. I think to my mind it's the it's the small independent labels and the people like Rich um from Bubble Rap and say uh, or Griff from Libertino, you know, um, Libertino, so many yeah, yeah. people like that work their asses off to uh, help yeah artists from their local areas uh, get to a wider audience sure. and, to, and to release their work and I think to me, in my mind the whole of the Welsh music scene is owes those people a huge debt of thanks um, because they are okay. basically the glue that huge. holds everything together. Totally, totally agree yeah. and I'd, I'd throw I throw Hugh Stevens in, yeah. in with that. I think the work that, that, that he's done to promote Welsh music o o over the world is a uh, you know, we we owe we owe that guy a lot of uh, a lot of thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're coming towards the end, but I just thought I'd, I'd do the usual end of interview question: future plans. Um, the album came out um, in October 2019. Um, so, do you have plans for more releases? Um, and you know. Uh, yeah, let me know what, 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 what's your, what's your what's your next move. Uh, I, I, you know, I think we're in the process of um, writing twenty ideas, scrapping seventeen of them. So it's gonna it's gonna take a while. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a couple of keepers. Um, and there's, there's 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 one track that we're doing with a vocalist who will remain nameless at this point. Uh, so hopefully that's gonna. We need to finish it up actually and that's going to hopefully come out pretty soon um but yeah we're definitely we're definitely getting the ideas in and we're going to hopefully put together an album i think uh i don't really know what it's going to sound like yet but uh no you know the ideas are being I collected i don't think we know yeah we don't know until we start doing it yeah it's just what it's just what makes you excited i think it's going to be different from the second mm. um i don't know how different but it's just whatever excites you at the time, I think, you know, and try and find some exciting singers in Wales um, that add that add something to it. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the plan. Oh, brilliant! So there is more. There yeah. is more to come. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Definitely. Oh, well, um, thanks to both of you, Keon and Seb. Thanks to you, Cotton Wolf. Um, it's you. been a real pleasure to talk to you about your amazing album, Alfney. And yeah, can't wait to, to hear more from you in the future and obviously to carry on working with you both as well. Uh, and, and, Thank and, you, guys. And, yeah. yeah, and look forward to our next collaboration too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welsh Music Prize Conversations with the 2020 shortlisted bands and artists. You can stream all 15 conversations through AM, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it or let us know through our social media channels at Welsh Music Prize. Diolch yn fawr am brando i sgyrsiau gwobr gerddoriaeth Gymreig gyda'r bands ac artistiaid o'r rhestr fer 2020. Mae modd gwrando i bob un sgwrs trwy AM, Spotify neu Apple Podcasts. Os ydych chi wedi mwynhau'r podcast yma, gnewch yn siŵr i'r anni neu adl ni o bod trwy'n sianeli cyfryngau cymdeithasol at Welsh Music Prize.